Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, well, well. Looks like I'm under attack by, uh, by the media in Israel. Now, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? The media in Israel is crazy. Most of it's ultra-left-wing. Most of it's even crazier than the media in the United States. You see what Donald Trump's having to deal with, with, uh, with a media in this country that really has nothing to do with journalism anymore. Netanyahu has to deal with the same thing in Israel. Now, they know I have this big interview with Netanyahu for a full hour, a sit-down for a full hour coming Sunday on Fox at 10 p.m. So they're trying to do a preemptive strike. Trying to do a preemptive strike. The left-wing media in Israel that's trying to push Netanyahu out of office. Now keep something in mind. The man's been elected prime minister four times. He's the second longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel behind Ben-Gurion. The first prime minister. And they hate him because he's Likud. Because he's a conservative. Because he's effective. Because he's a capitalist. Because he's close to the United States. And truth be told, most of the media in Israel, like most of the media in the United States, is leftist, pro-socialist, appeasers. But I'm going to give you an example of this, and then we're going to move on to some other things. There's a lot going on today. I played for you a couple days ago. Five minutes of a discussion I had with Netanyahu about what's going on in Israel. These endless investigations. Oh, he had cigars, he had champagne. What most of us would consider basic stuff among friends. But they've concocted and contrived a lot to try and take him out over the years. But particularly now. So what I'm about to play for you, and I played for you a couple of days ago, isn't actually part of the Fox interview. It was... After the Fox interview, when we sat down and did this for my radio show, this show, the Fox interview is far more extensive. So I want to play this for you. It's just a few minutes, and then I want to tell you the reaction of the Israeli media, because it's created a little buzz over there. Cut one, go. Mr. Prime Minister, it's a pleasure to see you. Same here. Thank you. I want to ask you a question. As a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States in the Reagan administration, Uh, and having watched investigations and so forth for years. I've been reading, obviously at a distance, some of these news reports in your newspapers, and I'm a bit confounded, and I think a lot of the American people are confounded. Um, A couple of things struck me. Number one, a judge and a lawyer texting each other about how they're going to conduct themselves, what they're going to say to each other, including to the point of in the courtroom, what they're going to look like, how they're going to behave. And then these tactics that in the United States we typically save for mobsters and so forth, which is to try and get people to turn by um, 
by cutting deals with them on crimes they may have committed, that is, they serve no time or they serve a reduced sentence and so forth, in order to provide investigators essentially with information that they want. Now, I don't know the extent that you can discuss this or the extent that you want to discuss this, but what do you make of this? Well, I'd rather think about whether I want to comment on about this, but All I'd right. say that you're, you're pretty perceptive. Mm-hmm. I can tell you from my own point of view, when I see what's going on in our country, how our president's being investigated, I see how you're being investigated. I look at the state of Israel. You're surrounded by enemies. Iran, the most notorious, but there are many that are notorious. Syria, you've got Hezbollah, Hamas. It's a lousy neighborhood. It's a tough neighborhood. Um, And yet, I, I say to myself, even in my own country, I say with our president, when we're looking at North Korea, Iran, Russia, China, and all the rest, do people not understand what leaders are facing when they're trying to deal with these enemies day in and day out, when leaders are nickel and dimed to death like this? You're probably not in a position to discuss it, but what's your thought on that? Well, you asked me if people understand what leaders have to do, and the answer is, they do understand, otherwise I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the support I received time and time again, I've been you know, elected prime minister four times. That's not an obvious thing. They say that today I've never been stronger in public opinion. Uh, why is that? It's because I think the citizens do understand that we work to make sure, I work to make sure that the country is safe. That's my first job, to protect the state of Israel. And second, that the country is prosperous. Uh, and we've, you know, we've turned Israel into a tremendous engine of innovation. It's a free market economy with technology. And it's become a world leader in so many areas. And people recognize that. How do I know that they recognize that? Well, there's a poll that they take, not inside the country, but across countries, every year. It's called the Happiness Index. They ask people, are you happy? And, you know, okay, you can imagine that the first countries are something like, uh, I don't know, uh, Canada or Norway. Bermuda. Denmark. No, no, it's usually, you know, sort of the Australia. (laughs) Well, Israel is right there beating most of the other countries of the West, it's number 11. So people say, how can that be? It must be a fluke, but they keep, it keeps going up. And they say, how can it be? It's a country, you know, in this horrible neighborhood. You've got terrorism, you've got radical Islam, you've got challenges. But it comes out ahead of most countries in the world. They say, yeah, but that's the old timers. They're fixed already. Their lives are okay. What about the young people? You know where they come out? Number five. Mm. Which means they have a real confidence in the future. Uh, and that's because I think they appreciate it. That's why I think I'm here. Because I don't think I'm here. Uh, I, I'm here because of that. I know that that's what drives me, animates me. How to ensure that the Jewish state uh, has a permanent future of security and prosperity and peace if we can get it 
And the people of Israel, I think, do identify that. Uh, so the answer is most of them do understand. All of them? No. Most of them? Yes. Now I'm back live. Notice how our economy is doing very, very well. It's quite strong right now. Before the tariffs. But anyway, it's quite strong right now. Unemployment is for 4.1%. More jobs created in the last quarter, or shall I say month, than they anticipated, including in the manufacturing sector. And yet our president's under attack too. Our president's being chased too. But let's take a look at how Israeli media covers such things. This is the Times of Israel. Somebody by the name of Raoul Wootliff. Wootliff. Here's the headline after they heard that interview. Netanyahu to U.S. radio. Israelis support me despite corruption allegations. PM tells conservative shock jock Mark Levin most of the public understands his contributions to country and have a real confidence in the future. Now, this Raoul Wootliff doesn't know a whit about me. Not a thing. Not a thing. He could have easily said, seven times New York Times best-selling author, five times number one New York Times best-selling author, constitutional scholar, the third largest radio host in America, largest audience. He could have said all those things. But instead, and you know, I won't go through all of it, Phi Beta Kappa, this, that, and the other. But no, okay, fine. He doesn't care. So in order to trash Netanyahu, they have to trash me. So I'm a shock jock. It's as if they get it right out of media matters. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told U.S. Radio this week that despite the ongoing corruption investigations against him, Most Israelis believe he knows best how to protect the country, help it thrive, and have a real confidence in the future. During an interview with controversial talk radio host Mark Levin. Now let's just stop there. What they're trying to do is preemptively trash and smear the interview that I'm going to have with the Prime Minister on Sunday. That will be played for you on Sunday. So they dismiss him as under investigation. They dismiss me as a shock jock. And they just keep trashing this guy. Just keep smearing this guy. During an interview with controversial talk radio host Mark Levin, a segment of which was posted on YouTube ahead of of its Sunday airing on Fox News, Life, Liberty, and Levin. What you just heard won't be aired on Sunday. Something else is going to be aired on Sunday. But look, the guy is an Israeli left-wing kook, and he doesn't care. The conservative shock jock, twice, now twice, broached the topic of criminal probes with the Prime Minister. He said, I'm a bit confounded, and I think the American people are confounded. Levin said, sneering at a recent controversy in which a judge and prosecutor were caught texting each other before hearing in a case linked to Netanyahu and a recent deal for one of the Prime Minister's former aides to turn state's witness against him. Was I sneering, Mr. Producer? Controversial shock jock 
was sneering. I'd rather think about whether I want to comment about this. You heard him. But I'd say that you're pretty perceptive, responded a hesitant Netanyahu before launching into defense of his time in office. I'm not going to keep reading what Netanyahu said. You heard what he said. But I wanted you to hear what the reporter said. In recent weeks, Levin has said that, quote, radical leftists in Israel are leading the movement to oust, unquote, the prime minister. Yes, I have. Like the clown writing this piece in this clownish newspaper. What is it? The Times of Israel. Netanyahu has been in the United States for most of the week, meeting with the U.S. President, Donald Trump, speaking at APAC, pro-Israel lobby policy conference. Earlier this week, a former Netanyahu family top media advisor, Nir Hevetz, became the third former close aide to the Prime Minister to agree to cooperate with the police. Well, what they're doing is these people who've apparently committed crimes are getting leniency or no charges at all to work with the police to get the prime minister. It's being done in this country too. I don't see how this is justice. Do you? As part of the state's witness agreement he signed, Hevetz suspected of bribery in the case, was told he would not serve prison time or pay a fine for his action. Can you imagine? So they threaten guy with prison time and a fine, and they say, now, if you'll work with us and help us get Netanyahu, you won't do any time. Okay, okay, please, please, please. Pretty disgusting. And, of course, this left-wing kook so-called reporter in the Times of Israel doesn't have a problem with it. They don't call that guy controversial. They don't call that guy a shock anything. Do they? He's promised to provide police with incriminating text messages and recordings of Netanyahu and his wife in several criminal cases, including the Bezek probe, known as Case 4000. Case 4000. And the so-called Case 1000, which involves suspicions Netanyahu received gifts from businessmen in exchange for favors, actually the particulars are a little more ambiguous and murky than that. But listen, this guy doesn't give a damn. He's a shock jock reporter. He's a controversial reporter. And it goes on. Netanyahu is denied wrongdoing in all cases. So I hope you'll watch it, folks, despite the best efforts of this left-wing fraud and the Times of Israel to dismiss it. And I already recorded it. Uh, the man is fascinating, Netanyahu. And I don't interrupt them over and over again. I don't have other guests. Yak, 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 yak. I ask him a question, and he takes his time and he answers it. The Times of Israel, by the way, since you're listening to me, if I had a bird, I wouldn't even use you as the paper at the bottom of the bird cage. I wouldn't want to poison my bird. I'll be right back.
Now, this is a very short segment, ladies and gentlemen, but let me start it this way. I think in order to fully understand the abuse of surveillance, of espionage, of spying that took place in this last election by the Obama administration against the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, and the Trump administration. All roads ultimately lead to Obama, but they all go through Susan Rice. I believe this strongly. I believe all roads go through Susan Rice. She was the assistant to the president for national security. She was the director of the National Security Council. She was involved in the unmasking of Americans. She's given phony justifications, whether it's Eric Prince or Mike Flynn. And she has said, look, we can only have one foreign policy at a time. And so in making that assertion, apparently in testifying to the House at some point some months ago, she basically said that the Obama administration, and presumably through her orders or at least with her involvement, was free to spy on Americans through the back door, and she knew what she was doing by this so-called incidental collection of information and unmasking of individuals, if she felt that the Trump campaign was different from the Obama foreign policy. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Thank you, Vice President Pence. All right, Susan Rice. Now, understand, this is from radical left media reporters and outlets, like BizPack Review, which is a left-wing site. And they are citing Mother Jones, which is a radical left-wing site. They're citing David Korn, who's a radical leftist, and Michael Isakoff, who's a liberal. Who's a liberal. Now listen to this. It was in the heat of the 26th presidential campaign that Susan Rice proved to be a pivotal figure preventing the United States from countering Russian attempts at election meddling. Now that is a blockbuster first sentence that should draw the attention of every media outlet in this country, that should draw the attention of the special counsel and his Democrat prosecutors, that should draw the attention of every oversight committee in the House and Senate. It was in the heat of the 2016 presidential campaign That Susan Rice proved to be a pivotal figure preventing the United States from countering Russian attempts at election meddling. Wow. It goes on. The former National Security Advisor, who chaired a number of high-ranking intelligence principals, told an official, quote, to stand down, unquote, on developing cyber espionage countermeasures because they had not been approved by President Obama. And why haven't they been approved by President Obama? 
She was right down the hall from him. He said Susan Rice was like a sister to him. In a book co-authored by Michael Isakov and David Korn called Russian Roulette, the inside story of Putin's war on America and the election of Donald Trump. Previewed by Mother Jones. Divulges the background of the Obama decision not to aggressively resist Russian attempts at meddling in the United States election. And that is the sickening irony, ladies and gentlemen. That it was Obama and his people who refused to fight back against the Russians. It's Obama and his people that turned the intelligence agencies and law enforcement against the Republican nominee for President of the United States in order to help the Democrat nominee who had funded the dossier through her campaign in the Democrat Party. And let me remind you that the President of the United States is the chairman of his party, in fact. He controls his party. Donald Trump controls the Republican National Committee. Barack Obama controlled the Democrat National Committee. So when the Democrat National Committee, along with the Hillary Clinton campaign, put up the money to buy a warrant, in essence, that DNC was under Barack Obama. Susan Rice was under Barack Obama. James Comey was under Barack Obama. Loretta Lynch was under Barack Obama. Let's go back. At one pivotal point during the presidential campaign, this is all new, this is crucially important. At one pivotal point during the presidential campaign, Susan Rice directly told the White House Director of Cybersecurity, Michael Daniel, to cease and desist from developing further technological options to thwart apparent Russian attempts to create havoc in the digital elections infrastructure. Got that? Got that, Mueller? And your Democrat prosecutors? Got it? The book recounts as follows. One day in late August, National Security Advisor Susan Rice called Daniel, this is the cyber security expert, into her office and demanded that he cease and desist from working on the cyber options he was developing. Don't get ahead of us, she warned. The White House was not prepared to endorse any of these ideas. Daniel and his team in the White House Cyber Response Group were given strict orders. Stand down. She told Daniel to, quote, knock it off. He recalled, as the book recounts. That was one pissed off National Security Advisor, Daniel would say to one of his aides. The cybersecurity analyst would complain about the Rice incident to other intelligence officials. The book passage describes how it shook out. Quote, in his morning staff meeting, Daniel, that's the cybersecurity chief, matter-of-factly said to his team that it had to stop work on options to counter the Russian attack. Quote, we've been told to stand down. Daniel Prieto. One of Daniel's top deputies recalled, quote, I was incredulous and in disbelief. It took me a moment to process. In my head, I was like, did I hear that correctly? 
Then Preto spoke up asking, why the hell are we standing down? Michael, can you help us understand? Daniel, the cybersecurity chief, informed them that the orders came from both Rice and Monaco, whoever that is. They were concerned that if the options were to leak, it would force Obama to act. They didn't want to box the president in, Preto subsequently said. It was a critical moment that, as Preto saw it, scuttled the chance for a forceful, immediate response to the Russian attack and keenly disappointed the NSC aides who've been developing the options. Now, let's digest all this. Susan Rice orders her cybersecurity team that was developing options in August before the general election, to take on the Russians and their efforts to interfere in our election. And she told the White House cybersecurity team to stand down, quote-unquote. Don't box in Obama. If you get Obama options, he's going to have to act. He's going to have to act. And what's the next point? He doesn't want to act. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to stop the Russians. And I told you why Obama wouldn't act and didn't want to stop the Russians a year ago. Remember what I told you? Because he felt sure that Hillary Clinton was going to be elected president of the United States, and he didn't want anybody saying that the election was fraudulent, that the Russians elected Hillary, you know, the sort of things they're saying about Trump. So he let them slide. Because in the end, Obama's about power. Not integrity. Not about elections. President Obama has been questioned by even his own former security officials for not acting more aggressively to counteract Russian active measures during the 2016 presidential campaign. As the New York Times related in an exculpatory piece, some former Obama officials now confess to misgivings about Mr. Obama's reluctance to act or speak out more forcefully, even as the evidence piled up during the spring and the summer of 2016 that the Russians hacked the Democrat National Committee were behind the leak of damaging emails about Hillary Clinton. So who should be under investigation, ladies and gentlemen? Now, I can't read the entire piece, but they go on in this left-wing site called BizPack Review, citing Korn, who's a leftist, Isakoff, who's a liberal, Mother Jones, which is a radical sheet, S-H-E-E-T. Here's what else they say. Susan Rice also exhibited suspicious behavior as she departed the Obama administration. Now, you know this to be the case, but let's let's underscore it. The former National Security Advisor sent a cryptic email to herself, and I might add, 15 minutes after the new president, Trump, was sworn in, providing political cover to the former president regarding a meeting on Russian election interference 
with former FBI Director James Comey, then Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, and former Vice President Joe Biden. And that meeting occurred on January 5th. And among other things, it's been reported that Obama ordered his team to be very careful about giving classified information to the incoming presidential administration. You believe that? Especially Flynn. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, they were spying on Flynn. Oh, you don't understand. Incidental. They were spying on Flynn. Obama despised Flynn. Rice despised Flynn. Because Flynn stood up to them many, many times during the course of the final years of his career in terms of fighting ISIS in Iran. Disagreed with the president as a three-star general. And in this meeting, quote, President Obama began the conversation by stressing his continued commitment to ensuring that every aspect of this issue is handled by the book. Handled by the book. Intelligence and law enforcement communities, by the book. The president stressed that he's not asking about initiating or instructing anything from a law enforcement perspective. He reiterated that our law enforcement team needs to proceed as it normally would, by the book. Rice wrote to herself. Now this is obviously an attempt, an attempt to create a false record. These are not contemporaneous notes taken at the January 5th meeting. This was written on January 20th, after Trump was inaugurated. She wrote this because a light bulb went off. And she said, holy mackerel, I forgot to write a CYA. Why would you need to write? The president stressed he's not asking about initiating or instructing anything from law enforcement perspective. Because the President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, that time Obama, and I keep saying it and saying it and saying it, Barack Obama knew a lot about what was taking place. How could he not? Much of it was in the newspaper. I know, because I pulled it together and went through it a year ago, as you recall. Much of it was in the newspaper. And don't tell me Jim Comey met with the President of the United States including with others, and did inform him. Don't tell me Loretta Lynch met with the President of the United States and didn't inform him. Don't tell me Susan Rice met with the President of the United States and didn't inform him. That is simply an incredible lie. It's not possible. And they go on in this remarkable piece in this left-wing site, is pack. It is remarkable, they write, that Susan Rice would so repeatedly turn up at critical junctures in the Russia investigation. They raise numerous questions. Why did Susan Rice issue the stand-down order? And by the way, we don't want Trey Gowdy anywhere near this investigation because Susan Rice has that fool wrapped around her finger. Well, she gave good reasons for the unmasking, I must say. Well, that Bob Mueller has enormous integrity. I don't think he's leaking at all. Wouldn't a national security advisor normally want to explore all options 
and go through extraordinary lengths to ensure the integrity of our national elections? And why did Rice send an email to herself that ostensibly exonerates the president in highly scripted language as if it was dictated to her? This is highly questionable behavior from a once influential security official whose actions are reverberating from her time in the office to this day. Prosecutors, investigators, whether criminal, whether congressional, need to put the screws to rice. Because in my humble opinion, she's obstructing and she's covering up. Just my opinion. I'll be right back. So we now know what we suspected, that the Obama administration affirmatively refused to stop the Russian. And Susan Rice specifically gave the order, Obama's right-hand gown, to their own cybersecurity team that was developing options to take on the Russians, to stand down. And they did effectively nothing. A monumental scandal. This is a monumental scandal. On the one hand, the Obama administration did nothing. Nothing to stop the Russians. On the other hand, they did everything conceivable, even inconceivable, to unleash the instrumentalities of federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies and the damn FISA court against Trump world. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And we have a prosecutor investigating Trump. Not Hillary, not Obama, not Rice, not Comey, not Lynch, Trump. All right, folks, I want to draw your attention to something. It's not a typical message, but it's very, very important. It involves your health, it involves your lifestyle. It involves controlling expenses in your home. When is the last time you checked your HVAC filter? I know, like I said, most people won't talk about this, but it's important. Not properly maintaining your system can cause illness, allergies, unnecessary wear and tear on your HVAC system, leading to very costly repairs, or even worse, the premature replacement of the entire system. Have you ever replaced your HVAC system? It's like six or seven thousand dollars a unit. It's incredible. So resolve to breathe better with FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over six hundred different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped for free within twenty-four hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here. In America, filter by offers a multitude of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, other allergy aggravating pollution, while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery 
So you never need to think about air filters again. They come, you remove the old, replace them with the new. Plus you'll save money, save time, breathe better air with filterby.com. That's filterbuy.com, filterby.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, when you spend time with me, I try to make it as worthwhile as possible. Why? Substance, information, context, and yes, passion. And we do have fun. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we talked at some length about Farrakhan, didn't we? We even played some audio of Farrakhan. Uh, in many respects, he sounded like Adolf Hitler, did he not? In many respect, he sounded like. David Duke, did he not? He sounded like one of those neo-Nazi clansmen. Or, if you will, he sounded like a Palestinian terrorist. The other thing or is- an ISIS terrorist. Or an Al-Qaeda terrorist. And yet, Mr. Farrakhan, um, well... He has significant connections within the Democrat Party. He has significant connections within the Congressional Black Caucus. Andre Carson is a member of the House of Representatives, a Democrat from Indiana, member of the Congressional Black Caucus. He was asked about this on Fox 59 in Indiana today. Cut to go. The Republican Jewish Coalition asking seven long-serving Democrats to resign this week, claiming that they have ties to Louis Farrakhan, who had a message of hate again two weeks ago. Here's a portion of this issued statement uh, saying this. There can be no question about how important it is for these Democrats to be connected to Louis Farrakhan. Farrakhan is first and foremost a preacher of hate, asking Congressman... 
Carson to resign, mm -hmm. and we wanted to give you the opportunity now because this has been getting into the yeah. news now. People have been asking you to respond. Yeah. What do you tell people that are seeing all of this talk? Well, uh, that organization doesn't have any credibility with me. I know they have a political agenda. Yeah. The Congressional Black Caucus is asking that organization to condemn Benjamin Netanyahu and the government for discriminating against Africans who are migrating, who are fleeing... Discriminate against Africans who are migrating, ladies and gentlemen. In other words, going into Ethiopia and trying to bring back into Israel uh, blacks who are Jewish. I mean, this guy Carson is a real slime ball, absolute slime ball. Have you ever heard Netanyahu talk the way Louis Farrakhan talks? About anybody? So they think they came up with something clever. Go ahead. Who are fleeing oppression. There's a great deal of bigotry and racism happening right now that they failed to condemn. Secondly, um, my record has shown that I've spoken out against anti-Semitism, homophobia, Islamophobia, xenophobia, all of the phobias. Uh, there was a, a report that I... Yeah, but you didn't talk out against Farrakhan-phobia. Go ahead. Uh, That's uh, the key. They said that you were at a meeting with Louis Farrakhan, and he's anti-Jew, anti-gay, well, anti-white, well, so, and so, so they want to... They're... I, I, I have met with him, as have other members of the Black Caucus, but there was another meeting with the Iranian president. I was mm. not there. Okay. The That's organization that put it together... Really? I've never met with a Klansman, a neo-Nazi, David Duke. Never. I would never meet with Farrakhan. I mean, people who are known to be racists and anti-Semites and bigots. Would you meet with them, ladies and gentlemen? Would you shake their hand? Would you take a picture with them? Would you smile with them? Would you put your hand around them? Would you fail to denounce him? The way that Andrew, Andrew uh, Carson's doing? Andre, excuse me. Go ahead. Put my name on it, mm -hmm. as they do other members without asking us, and that's how that confusion happened. But I've met with him, as as other members of the Black Caucus have met with him, talking about anti-crime efforts, uh, discrimination. Oh, well, that changed. That fixes everything. Talked to him with anti-crime efforts. He's a bigot, a racist, anti-Semite. He's a Jew hater, a white hater, and on and on and on. But that's okay. That's okay, uh, because he's uh, talking anti-crime. Go ahead. And those kinds of things, but I condemn any form of discrimination. I've been consistent. Mm -hmm. No, you haven't. In fact, you sound like a moron to me. Then there's Valerie Jarrett, and she's on The View today. Actually, she should be under oath testifying. And she compares meeting with the Koch brothers to meeting with Farrakhan. All right, so now we have Farrakhan's like Netanyahu, except... Farrakhan's better. Now Farrakhan is like meeting with the Koch brothers. Now, you understand that out of one side are their big mouths. They're saying, can you dump that, Rich? Rich. Okay. Out of one side are their mouths. You know, they talk about, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in this stuff, and I would never do this, and my record's clear. And the other side of their mouth, they embrace the guy. 
Or they make excuses for the guy. Valerie Jarrett on The View. Cut three. Go. He also said, quote, powerful Jews are my enemy. He's also said the Jews are behind the 9-11 attacks. I think you absolutely it's need to disassociate. notorious anti-Semitism. You absolutely yeah. need to disassociate yourself. Part of yeah. learning to be a leader effectively is that you have to use your voice and you have to be very clear. Now, you work with people all the time with whom you disagree. Goodness oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So you work with people all the time with whom you disagree. So Valerie Jarrett. With whom you disagree? No. You can disagree with somebody who's civil, but to say you work with people all the time with whom you disagree, you mean a bigot and a racist and an anti-Semite? I don't work with people like that all the time. Do you, Mr. Producer? No. Go ahead. The Koch brothers, when we were working on criminal justice, or Rupert Murdoch, when we were working on immigration reform, but you have to, if you want to lead an inclusive movement, you have to be clear about hate. What? What? So we work with the Koch brothers, we work with Rupert Murdoch. Now you have to be clear about hate, but you know you have to work with people with whom you disagree. What do the Koch brothers and what does Rupert Murdoch have to do with any of this? Or Netanyahu? Just condemn the man. Say you shouldn't have worked with him, you shouldn't have been with him, you shouldn't have taken a photo with him. He's pawn scum. But the Democrats, most of them can't do it. And other than a few local news shows asking their local congressmen, you don't see CNN or MSNBC or NBC or ABC or CBS, the Washington Compost or the New York Slimes pressing this point, do you? You don't see them pressing this point. Now in Charlottesville, they wrap that around Trump's throat. They wrap that around his neck as if somehow he was endorsing Klansmen and neo-Nazis and all the rest. And yet here we have specific instances in which members of Congress have done exactly that. Respecting Farrakhan and Valerie Jarrett making excuses. Horrendous, absolutely horrendous. But it doesn't seem to matter because they're Democrats or they're members of the Congressional Black Caucus. It's pretty sick. I'll be right back. Lovin. president is going to be meeting with Kim Jong-un, fat boy over there in North Korea in some location. Uh, he and his spokespeople have relayed that this is not a negotiation. It is a meeting. We shall see what it is and what it becomes. But I want you to hear the viciousness of the attacks against Trump. You see, as I said yesterday when this announcement was made, this president deserves a great deal of credit for what he's done with North Korea. No prior president, well certainly not since the Korean War, has conducted himself as Trump has in really 
the judicious and temperate and wise use of our military and economic sanctions and the international community in ways that neither Bush, Obama, Clinton, or the rest of them did. And he went toe-to-toe with the uh, inbred when it came to uh, rhetoric and it came to his challenges for which he was attacked, smeared, like he is for everything that he does. And yet, Trump was enormously effective. I just hope we don't get caught here in the same routine, but we'll keep an eye on it. But my focus now is on how the Democrats reacted. The Democrats who call him deranged. The Democrats who said he was going to bring us into a nuclear war. The Democrats who are constantly trashing this president, no matter what he does. Are they going to congratulate him now? Are they going to say nice things about what he's done? CNN always goes to this idiot Richard Blumenthal, the man who lied about serving in Vietnam in order to advance his career. I don't believe this man should be able to buy any weapons because I think he truly is over the edge. When I watch this man on TV, he scares me. He's got that look in his eye. Cut six, go. And so why do you say he only reluctantly um, imposed the sanctions when he, let's be honest, he is the first president, U.S. president, to have gotten this far with North Korea. Doesn't that say that he's doing something different? Any president could have sat down with Kim or his father. And presidents before Trump were tempted to do so. President Clinton almost did so and decided to focus on the Middle East instead. And the unpredictability and volatility of these two leaders is one of the risks that is entailed here. So the president needs to be encouraged to put together a diplomatic team that can really lay the groundwork, do the plans and preparation. And that diplomatic team is very important. I mean, like Obama's diplomatic teams. They did nothing about North Korea. They gave Russia and China everything they wanted and completely sold out to Iran. That diplomatic team, you jerk, that diplomatic team with uh, Susan Rice refused to allow her cybersecurity people to do anything about Russia, you moron. Then we have Senator Maisie Hirono of Hawaii. She's another nasty human being, I can tell you that. I've listened to how she talks about other people. Cut seven, go. I I hear your concerns. I also hear you trying to spread uh, some of the credit for this to the past administration and to other countries as well. You seem unwilling. that's, That's fair and realistic. No, it's not fair and it's not realistic. They didn't do a damn thing before Trump. Nothing. Let's give credit where credit is due. He was trashed for what he was doing. He was smeared for what he was doing. And you know what? He knew exactly what he was doing with this putrid little dictator. Go ahead. Are you unwilling, though, to give this administration any credit for this? 
Oh, well, you know what? Uh, UN, um, our ambassador to the UN, uh, Nikki Haley, has played rattling a role. And uh, the president's saber rattling, uh, who knows what that has done, but it's all brought, I think, <laughs> to say that it's all been the president, I think, is totally unfair. So I'm just saying that let's just sure. give credit doesn't, where credit is due. No, 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 no. You're an idiot. You'll always be an idiot. You're an idiot yesterday, today, and you'll be an idiot tomorrow. Outrageous. Now there's a clown by the name of Brian Fallon, if that is his name. Former press secretary to Hillary Clinton. By the way, how many press secretaries did Hillary Clinton have? A whole conga line of press secretaries. And boy, they did a good job, didn't they? What'd she have? Two, three hundred press secretaries? They always show up. Philippe this and Paul that and Peter this. Cut eight, go. Jen is right that an offer like this has been on the table for a long period of time, so you can't necessarily give Donald Trump credit for that. Oh, okay, okay, well, offer's been on the table a long, long time. No big deal, ladies and gentlemen, no big deal here. No, no, no. Trump doesn't deserve any credit. The offer's been on the table a long time. Go ahead. Also, yes, the president has ramped up the rhetoric against North Korea, but really this, the, the teeth of the sanctions, which have been a key cog of the Obama years, have... have oh, you got to be kidding me, you clown. Obama? Obama? The guy that sold out to Cuba? The guy that sold out to Iran? North Korea? China? Russia? The only people he was tough on were the American people. So here we have a propagandist. He's on CNN, too. Then, the icing on the cake. Susan Rice on MSNBC. Cut nine, go. Summits, in order for them to succeed, have to be well prepared. And this one was an hastily agreed. And it's All right, stop. It's not a summit, moron. He's meeting. With Una. He's meeting with him. It's not a summit. Go ahead. Can be well prepared in the time frame that we have. We also have the challenge of the fact that we have a president uh, who hasn't conducted a successful negotiation domestically or internationally. No, no, no. We got to learn from you. We got to learn from, uh, from, from Obama and Biden. That successful negotiation they had on the way out of Iraq gave us ISIS. That successful negotiation they had with the Iranians gave them nukes. That successful negotiation they had with Russia gave Russia everything they wanted. Crimea, part of Ukraine, Syria. That successful discussion and summit they had with China gave them the South China Sea. Maybe the East China Sea. And on and on and on. Go ahead. Doesn't seem to like to prepare or be detail-oriented. And who has a quite hollowed-out stable of experts now. How do you know, you idiot? How do you know anything? And who who says you're an expert? You're an expert dissembler. You're an expert who unmasks American citizens who are being spied on. You're an expert... At telling your cyber warfare security experts to stand down when the Russians are attacking our elections.
you're an expert on lying and stupidity. And that's about it. I'll be right back. This is where Hollywood liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. All right, let's take some calls here. Oh, yes, PM Capital, you know. There are predictions out there that the stock market is going to lose 40% of its value. I just read, and these are not kooks. One gentleman said, just a matter of time, and it's going to be very brutal. You got to make sure you don't swim where the fishes always swim. You got to fish where it makes sense. You got to swim where it makes sense. You got to protect yourself. Now, what's on your bucket list? We all have things we want to do, not just work till the bitter end. Except me, I guess. No matter what your answer, there's one thing you definitely need to knock down your bucket list. Money. Investing for the future is critical, and today it's more complicated than ever. We're facing a very different retirement reality, and sadly, many within the sound of my voice aren't ready for it. Even though we're living with financial uncertainty and geopolitical instability, doesn't mean we don't plan a proper retirement when that includes all of us enjoying our bucket list. It's possible to live the retirement lifestyle you've dreamed about, the retirement you deserve. Download PM Capital's free report, Bulletproof Your Bucket List, at marklevingold.com or call them at 800-599-8391. That's 800-599-8391. You really need to start planning now. Start planning for your retirement to enjoy your bucket list around the corner, and also start planning for tomorrow and the next day. You need to diversify. Again, get the report at marklevingold.com, mark, L-E-V-I-N, gold.com, or call 1-800-599-8391. That's 1-800-599-8391. What's on your bucket list? Well, make achieving it the most important item in your financial planning, and let us help you. Leo, Round Hill, Virginia, the great WMAL, go. Hey, Mark. Um, you know, it was brought up today on WMAL about um, giving Trump the Nobel Peace Prize for negotiating with North Korea. We have had, in one year, the Bay of Pigs revisited with this nuclear standoff. I mean, think about it. And he's a lot, Kim Jong-un is a lot more aggressive than Castro was. Trump not only got him to stand down through the sanctions. All right, let's not, let's, let's not overdo this yet. Nothing has happened yet, okay? He's got no, to Nothing has happened. He hasn't, he hasn't destroyed his nuclear weapons yet. To negotiate. What's that, sir? Well, Tillerson <laughs> said they're not negotiating. It's a meeting. Well, that's the way it's going to start. But the way Trump works, he's non-traditional, and he's I, and sir, sir. I know he's non-traditional, and we salute him here. But nothing's happened yet. Do you understand? Oh, I got it. Okay, I got it. 
So why are you having a ticker tape parade? Because <laughs> 60 years plus, Mark, nobody has got that regime to do anything. Except 60 years battle. plus, we went to war. You might be familiar with the Korean War. Well, actually, we're in an armistice, which we're still... I agree, with. sir. I'm talking about the Korean War, not the armistice, the Korean War. We actually went to war and 48,000 Americans lost their lives. Are you familiar with that? So don't tell me this is the only time we've ever stood up to Korea. When there are people when... listening to this program who've had relatives who died over there fighting. Now, if you want to tell me that he's the only modern president that's trying to do something seriously about North Korea, I would agree with you. But the time for a ticker tape parade is when there's a time for a ticker tape parade. And now's not it. I disagree with you, Mark. All right. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. We'll start the ticker tape parade today. I find something interesting. <clears throat> People send me emails about other talk show hosts. I really delete them. I try not to listen. But I've really there, there's there's really a new phenomenon going on out there. If our president says something and then backs off, we're told that's his strategy. If our president says something and doesn't back off, we're told that's just an outsider doing what needs to be done against the swamp. And so anybody who raises any questions, whether it's about tariffs or amnesty, all of a sudden, you're stupid because the advocates, the surrogates, the mouthpieces have it every way. If the president says, yes, 1.8 million for amnesty, it's brilliant. Now he's repositioned the GOP against the Democrat Party for the election. Now forget about the substance. So I'm not playing that game. That doesn't work with me. I want the president to be successful, and I want us to back him as much as possible, and when we have our disagreements, I want us to object. I'm not going to suspend my brain cells for any president of any party or any politician. I think what's occurred here is all due to Trump. But then people take it two, three, four, ten steps too far. Nothing substantive has happened yet. So calm down. If they denuclearize, that's great. It'll be very interesting to see how that's enforced. Since this regime, one generation after another, says yes, signs deals, and then rips them up. Years down the road. So we really won't know, truthfully, even if he says, I'm going to denuclearize, and he blows up some of his silos and so forth, we do, don't really know if that's going to stick, and we won't know for four, five, six, seven years down the road. What I reject and condemn is when the Democrats go out there and say, oh, this would have happened anyway. Oh, the meeting was on the table anyway. Oh, this was anyway. Because they're liars. They're liars who spend all their time trying to sabotage this president. And this administration. They are liars. All right. Let me see who else we got here. Uh, Ron 
Venice, Florida, XM Satellite. How are you, sir? Just fine, Ron? Mark. Yes, sir. I was, I was wondering if when Obama said by the book, he wasn't referring to Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. <laughs> well, maybe he was. Maybe he was. You never know. <laughs> Very good. All right, sir. Thank you. Sean. San Leandro, California, the great KSFO. Go. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I wanted to make a point. Um, and usually when I try to give you a call, sir, I don't get a chance to actually finish the statement. You kind of put me on mute most of the time. You brought up a very interesting sir, topic. You're, sir, you're annoying as hell. Just make your point and stop lecturing me about how you wish to be treated on the phone. Okay? Well, I understand that. I, I wait patiently like the rest of your callers on the phone. I just wanted to be cordial with you. That's all. Just say what you want to say. So, as I want to say, you know, I think it would be a very um, unique thing to do. I noticed that you were kind of um, talking. Uh, you had your views about, for example, Mr. Louis Farrakhan. <clears throat> and I think my views about be, Mr. Louis Farrakhan is that he's a racist, a bigot, and an anti-Semite. That's all. Can I finish my statement first? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Jeez. So as I'm saying, what would be very unique for your platform, for your listeners who have views, who share with your views and listeners who don't share views, but try to at least try to get an understanding like myself. Um, if you have somebody who don't have the actual beliefs as yourself, like somebody similar to Mr. Louis Farrakhan that has a type of platform to come on your show and you guys actually... Have a dialogue. Why the hell would I put a bigot and an anti-Semite on my show? Have I missed something about him? Seriously, Sean, did he say the things that he said or not? I, I, listen, I'm, I said somebody similar. Uh, just somebody I don't want somebody had, similar like that. That's poison. What, then who would you like to have that at least give you, that, that doesn't have a views like Nobody you. can give me a view about the white devil, about the Jew bankers, and so forth. And so what kind of view is that? I should give that I, voice? I didn't. I didn't say white devils. You said white devils. I didn't That's say you going. said that. You said somebody like him. And I, I'm saying to you, why would I want somebody like him on my show? Somebody that has a platform, okay, somebody with some education, somebody that has some knowledge, somebody that can actually talk to you intellectually is all I'm trying to say. But you keep rushing. I have no problem debating liberals, leftists, progressives. I give no voice to neo-Nazis, Klansmen, or anti-Semites, bigots, and racists. None. Zero. So let me, for example, would you think uh, somebody like Malcolm Nance Smith, do you think he's a bigot? Who? Malcolm, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Nance, or is it Ma I think it's Malcolm I don't know Nance, who that is. Okay, what about uh, Michael Eric D uh, Dyson? Do you know, have you ever heard of him before? This guy's a schmo. Why is he a schmo? He never said anything. All right, all right. Listen, he's got platforms on MSNBC. He's got platforms on CNN. He shows up on Fox now and then. The guy's on airport radar. He's on Sonogram. He says the same spiel every single time. I should bring him on to do what? Who, should, who would you like to speak to that, that would have a platform? Nobody, as a matter of fact. Thank you for your call. <laughs> People get confused. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a reporter. I'm not. I don't do the fair and balanced. See, the problem is we're hit day in and day out from the left. Day in and day out. With the propaganda. Day in and day out. So we get this tiny little window. Where we can speak. So I should surrender that. 
to this guy Dyson or whatever his full name is, I forget. Michael Dyson. No. Now, if somebody wants to call me and they have a different view and they want to be respectful and have a debate, great. But I don't do this thing to kick up ratings or hits on the Internet or whatever. Hey, look at this. And we go at it. Folks, when I used to do a lot of cable TV, all through the 90s and the 2000s, it would be me against three guests. I remember on MSNBC, I forget the show, what it was called, John Gibson, who was quite a good host. There'd be four of us, and we'd be in boxes, and it was me versus three. I've debated these people. I've debated, not these in particular, but I've debated the left for years and years and years and years. And you know where it gets us? Nowhere. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, I love our 2010 Camaro, but it's reached that age where things start to go wrong. I don't worry about those problems anymore, though. Not since I got extended vehicle service protection from CarShield. Getting covered by CarShield is such a great idea. It's affordable protection that can save you thousands for a covered repair. A new fuel pump costs over $500. Replacing a water pump's over 1000 And if you need repairs to a control arm or a torque converter, now we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars to fix. They even have plans to cover your car's computer, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield's the ultimate in extended coverage, and they get your favorite mechanic or dealership paid directly. Sign up today and get 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop. Save yourself from high repair bills. Get covered by CarShield like I did before something goes wrong. Call 800-CAR-6100 and mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN to save 10% in either case. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN or call 800-CAR-6100. A deductible may apply. All right, let's see who's out there. Jamie, Atlanta, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y. Go. Hey, what you got going on? Uh, My thing is why the Democrats are not held to the same standard as a Republican. If if a Republican had met with David Duke, the the media would be calling for their heads. Why are they not calling? And rightly so, right? And rightly so. Yeah, yeah. So why why is the mainstream media not calling for the heads of these congressmen and senators that met with Farrakhan? We we clearly know he's a racist and bigot, a bigot. You've got a big enough platform. You should be going on uh, the mainstream media, and you should be calling him calling him out. Now, like sir, the, sir, sir, I've done it for two days in a row. What do you want me to do? Do you I think they whatever. listen to me? Do you think they listen to me? Oh, Mark Levin said we should call them out. Which I basically said tonight and last night. I'm not, I'm not talking about you should go on the mainstream media. All right, come on, sir. Stop telling me what to do. Thank you for your call. I should. I don't. I don't have time to do anything else. It's all on Mark. Mark should do it. I should go on the mainstream media and call them. Oh, and like they're going to invite me on to call them out. Come on, guy. Let's continue, shall we? Jim, Marion, Illinois. Serious satellite. By the way, the location of one of our great federal prisons. Go right ahead. 
Hey, Mark, thanks for having me. Uh, yes. The new Fox show on Sunday. Um, You're going to love this Sunday with Netanyahu, I promise you. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I you listen to the mainstream media, and it's, it's uh, Obama might have known or could have known. He orchestrated this. He is at the root of it, at the top level. Um, they'll have you believe that a rogue agent in the IRS targeted all these conservative groups. There is no way. It's top down. And it's, it's a full-on assault at the school level. Well, let me address it this way. What did Obama do to stop the abuses in his administration? Anything? No. Not one thing. What did Obama do to stop the Russians? We now know. I read to you about Susan Rice, correct? Correct. He, he looked the other way or worse. Stop it. He, I think he ushered it in. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. It was awfully passive if he didn't. Let's see. Brian, Crossville, Tennessee, the great WXBQ. Go. Good afternoon, Mr. Levin. I'm a huge fan. I've been listening since I was 17. Um, 25-year-old, uh, former, serv- uh, former service member, and I'd like to speak with you about North God Korea. God bless you. We salute you. Thank you. I think that uh, North Korea is pulling a fast one on us, just like Japan did just before the onset of World War II, where Pearl Harbor was bombed. Japan was talking nice and playing nice with FDR, and then out of nowhere they dropped the bombs on Pearl Harbor. That's what was one of the things that made the attack so... First of uh, all, that's a brilliant point, because the ambassador to Japan was meeting with FDR, and he wasn't even told what Tojo was doing. Yeah, that's what I think North Korea will do, because there's a contention for for the top of the throne for the world power structure right now, and it's in between China and the United States, and North Korea is a puppet for China, and China wants the throne, you know, but they got to knock us off of it first, and they're going to try to use North Korea. You know, I, I don't think North Korea is going to actually attack us, but I think they're going to continue to build, build, build. There's not a single agreement we've entered into with North Korea that they've honored. Not one. Well, I'll be honest with you. Well, what do you think about that caller about an hour ago that was ready to have a ticker tape parade? What do you think of him? I think that that's uh, foolish. You know, you should never take your eyes off your enemy. Uh, it's really silly. Yeah, it's uh, it's dangerous for us to celebrate now. I, I and think, there's nothing uh, to celebrate. What are we celebrating? Uh, well, nothing apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I, I mean, hey, listen, I think- Brian, you're 25. I want to send you a free copy of Plunder and Deceit. Please do not hang up. Thank you for your service. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Did you know the... Mexican presidential candidate was campaigning in California the other day, Mr. Producer. Now, why would the Mexican presidential candidate, Ricardo Anya Cortez, be campaigning in the U.S.? 
And by the way, blasting President Trump, blasting President Trump, why would he be campaigning in the U.S.? Anybody know? Because Mexican citizens who've come into the United States illegally can still vote in Mexico. Or if you're a dual citizen, like Jorge Ramos, you can vote in both places. There's such a significant percentage of, among others, Mexican citizens in the United States illegally that the Mexican presidential candidate Ricardo Anya, if I mispronounce it, sorry, Anaya Cortez, is campaigning here because he wants their votes. What do you think about that? Anybody care about that? All right, I want to get to something that's very, very important as well. The Deputy Sheriff Scott Peterson, Broward County Deputy. Well, now the police dispatch has been released in part, probably in whole, but we have part of it. I want you to listen to this. Turn up your volume and listen to this. Go ahead. Okay, okay, I hear shots fired by the football field. Shots fired by the football field. Shots fired by the football field. Heard. 12 or 1300 buildings stay at least 500 feet away stay at least 500 feet away pretty appalling don't you think mm-hmm. stay at least 1200 uh, 500 feet away busy over here guys a disgrace an absolute disgrace now I want to go back to uh, where I left off. And by the way, that caller, Sean, who's called here before, if he thinks I'm going to turn this program and this format into giving a bunch of nuts an opportunity to speak, that's not going to happen. And he changed his request from somebody like Farrakhan to somebody with a different view to somebody... No. We're not going to bring people in here who are racists, who are bigots, and who are anti-Semites. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So we were talking about the President of the United States and what he's been doing with North Korea, the kinds of vicious attacks that he's had to deal with over time. 
Steve Ratner. I think this guy runs some kind of an investment firm or whatever. But you know he's on the Morning Joe show because he's a Trump hater. Cut 10, go. The other thing that's going on here, look, I spent 30 years basically doing negotiations as an investment banker, and it was... Oh, well, then you know everything. He knows everything, ladies and gentlemen, because he spent 30 years as an investment banker doing negotiations. Has he ever done negotiations with North Korea? No. Any other autocracy? Of course not. Go ahead. ...to have a client saying, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to blow up the world. And that's kind of what we have here. We have our own madman who right. could potentially blow up the listen, world. Listen to how they talk about Trump. Listen to how they talk about Trump. Go ahead. You're talking about Trump? Yeah, I was thinking of Trump <laughs> when I said that. And uh, and so it could have an impact on the North Koreans saying, hey, we don't know what this guy's going to do. Let's at least see if we can get something I done with it. It could be really dangerous. There, there are, well, what could be really dangerous is if he goes in there, as he's wont to do, utterly unprepared, right. unaccompanied, with no idea of what the real issues are, with none of the You know, ladies and gentlemen, is there any evidence that he's done that anywhere with anybody? No, there isn't. None. You look how they talk about the guy. Go ahead. Text that Andrea just And there's Joe Scarborough slobbering, trying to get in. Wait, wait a minute! I, I want to get in on this, and he does. I want you to listen to this, this clown. Cut eleven. Go. Just makes a decision on tariffs because of Hope Hicks, and he makes a decision. On North Korea because of Stormy Daniels and and people can people can deny that all they want but you, if you're doing that you're in the tank for Donald Trump because it is painfully obvious yeah, that that's exactly the, what's going on this is he wanted pattern. you know what he did not want the Washington Post to have the word Stormy Daniels on the front page today guess what hey dummy 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 the North Koreans contacted the South Koreans they even included a letter from Kim Jong-un to Trump. Trump didn't plan this. He didn't time this. He wasn't positioning himself against the porno star. He's doing his job, you slob. Go ahead. Succeeded, and he succeeded by lying about a letter that didn't even exist. Letter didn't even exist. This is why this guy is no rating Scarborough. I think my numbers on Sunday beat his numbers in the morning. You know, I'm going to have to check that. In fact, I'm almost certain of it. And I don't have 14 people. They're one-on-one interviews. I'd love to go up against Scarborough. I'd love to go up against this guy and cream him. I remember when he was in radio. It was a quick flash in the pan. It wasn't long. They couldn't get any ratings anywhere. They put him on all the big stations. He couldn't get ratings in New York. He couldn't get ratings in Washington. He and his sidekick, Mika Brzezinski, if that is her name. And then they lied on their way out. They were dismissed, and they said, we're taking a respite to retool our program. And they never returned. They never returned. Because you know what? Doing a two- or three-hour show actually requires some brains. And between the two of them, they don't have any. They bring in these these straw men. They bring in these knockdown artists. They come in. They regurgitate what Scarborough and Scarborough want them to say. 
And God forbid if a Ted Cruz comes on, who makes Scarborough look actually as stupid as he is. Don't you lecture me. Why not? Why shouldn't he lecture you? You might actually learn something. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Fort Lauderdale, Florida on the Mark Levin app. Go! Yes, I want to just say to you, Mark, that I'm so disappointed in this officer Peterson. I wonder if his children were in that building, would he have barked out those same orders to stand back 500 feet from the building? I mean, what kind of a... You know, you're so, you're so right. What about that NRA instructor or that church where those people were being slaughtered in Texas? He said he knew every shot that a person was being hit was being shot, potentially killed. So the guy goes out on his bare feet with his rifle to confront the mass murder. And here we have a deputy sheriff. He's hearing the bullets. He's telling you now the two buildings. And he's talking about a lockdown. Mark, I'm a big supporter of the police. I really am. It, it just it makes it so hard when you hear stuff like this because... You know, you just wonder. I live here in Broward County. I'm in Coconut Creek, Florida. And, you know, I'm concerned. Thank God my kids are out of high school. But now I got my daughter at FAU. I'm worried. I worry about that. It, it's, it's nuts. And to think that the people who are on to protect us won't protect us. I mean, how can we have laws that want to ban gun use when we need to protect ourselves? Because we can't even trust the police to do their job. I mean, Mark, I'm, I'm, I'm a confused citizen. I don't even know if the FBI will do their job. Who's going to help us? Well, they, uh, they, they failed in this case. There's absolutely no question about it. And as a result of them failing, we're not going to prevent anyone under 21 from owning a rifle of any sort. And we're going to go through all these machinations as if that would have stopped this mass murder. And, of course, it wouldn't have. What would have stopped the mass murder is if the FBI had done his job and this deputy sheriff walked into the school and shot him dead. Now, that might have worked. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Let's continue. Linda, Indianapolis, Indiana, the great WFDM. Go. Hi, Mark. I just want to thank you for a wonderful program. I listen every night from 6 to 9, and I just love your program. But the, the question I have is I'm very pro-Israel, and I'm kind of worried about Bibi. And since you've kind of had contact with him and stuff, I just wondered if you could give me some assurance that he's going to come through this crazy stuff over there. Well, I with... can't give you assurance. I don't know what they're going to do over in Israel. Oh. I just, you know, he's just been so wonderful for uh, for the country, and I know that he's got some wonderful plans for the country. And I just thought, oh, I just didn't want to see him go down, you know, like they're trying to do to Donald all the time. Mm-hmm. But, oh, okay, I, I hope well, you're right, too. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, well, we'll just wait and see what happens over there. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Let's continue. We have such nice callers for the most part. Lynn, Northeast Ohio, Sirius Satellite, how are you? Hi, hi, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'll try to be really quick here. My father was a disabled uh, Korean veteran. Um, he was uh, shot 
or had part of his leg blown off and then shot in the chest. But what I don't hear about much is that the soldier that shot him in the chest was Chinese. And he, you know, their, their outfit was overrun by Chinese. They were coming in under their own mortar fire. As many Chinese were getting killed as Americans, but there were just way more Chinese. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess my question is, if, if China doesn't support Kim Jong-un, do you think that, that that'll be the turning point where he'll be forced to negotiate? Or do you think China, at the end of the day, will back him? Let me ask you a question. It's a great question. Why would China not surreptitiously keep supporting him? Why wouldn't they? Why? Because he's an annoyance to us? They want an annoyance to us, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day they will, just like they did in the 50s. I mean, and that was such a political war. I mean, where my father was wounded, they fought three days to take that hill on Hill 1062, and I'm, I, I can't even find it because it doesn't you know, exist. But they fought three days to take that hill, and then were ordered off, and the Chinese walked back up. And then they were ordered to take the hill again and, and fought for three more days to take the hill. I mean, I, it was all political, and it, and it was a proxy war, I guess. You know, the, the Chinese and Americans fighting in Korea. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Let's keep going. Ted Bothell, Washington, on the Mark Levin app. Go, please. Greetings from the Democratic People's Republic of Seattle. <laughs> Glad you to talk it, to you, brother. Mark. You too. Um, I've been. Fo- I just want to put the, all these scandals. First of all, your commentary on these scandals has been excellent. Thank you. And but to put it all in perspective, for the past ten years or so, all I've seen so far in Washington D.C. is Congress talking tough, the media going frantic with all the wonderful information they provided. But at the end of the day, I mean, pick a scandal. Very few people have been indicted. Very few people have been prosecuted. Practically nobody goes to jail. And laws have been broken. And as an American citizen, it really, I mean, what is the point of a lot of this? Well, what do you think? Well, it tells me that, I mean, it sends a message that I, you know, that, why do I mean? Oh boy, it's hard to talk on the radio. It, it easy. sends a message. Go ahead. <laughs> Relax. Go ahead. Okay. It sends it tells me that at the end of the day, the big fish who create all these scandals get off scot free, and that you know, at the end of the day, nobody really faces the iron fist of the law. They really don't, do they? I mean, the way this Mueller's going is it. All these previously innocent people are suddenly, uh, you know, the criminals of the century. Uh, but you're quite right. Hillary Clinton's never been held to account. All these people around Obama have never been held to account, whether it's the IRS or Fast and Furious and so forth. Attorney General at the time, Holder, he's never been held to account. Susan Rice for her serial lying, she's never been held to account. You're quite right. It's a big turnoff. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Good calls. Let's continue. Greg, Frankfurt, Indiana, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead, please. All righty. Well, greetings and salutations, great one. It's nice to talk to you. And you too, uh, sir. Thank you. Uh, I've been a little concerned lately. Uh, I keep hearing all the news about this gun debate and everything, and and never, and I keep hearing the words, well, 
the officers were just so outgunned. That evil AR-15, there's no way they even had a prayer against its AR-15. Don't you remember not long ago when that Texas officer stood down two terrorists armed with AK-47s and took them out with a sidearm? No, you're right. Yep. What an exemplary human being. I wish, I don't know, what am I trying to say? I wish they would have went in, you know, and took care of business. And, and in my heart of hearts, I like to believe that there were officers on the scene like that gentleman from Texas. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. And most officers would run into that building. And most FBI agents would follow up on these leads. These are horrific uh, failures of human conduct and systemic failures, having nothing to do with people twenty-one uh, under the age of 21, nothing to do with everything else they're throwing up against the wall to make you believe that they're actually going to do something about this. So uh, we've talked about it at length. There will be more mass shootings. There will be demand for more gun control, more this control and that control. But the fact of the matter is we have a lot of politicians, including Governor Scott, who just signed this bill reluctantly because of the provision allowing teachers to be armed. A lot of politicians in the NEA and the AFT who do not want to secure these buildings with properly armed professionals, including properly trained teachers, which is where you're going to really be able to confront a killer and put an end to him rather than watch the slaughter. I'll be right back. Unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. The big story tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is that Susan Rice reportedly told the cybersecurity folks who wanted to provide options to the president at the time, Obama, to deal with Russia's interference with the election, to stand down and not provide options to Obama or Obama would be boxed in. And I don't believe she did that on her own. I believe she was protecting Obama, who did not want to get involved. He assumed Hillary Clinton was going to be president, as I've said to you many, many times. He didn't want to, quote-unquote, delegitimize her election. And yet that is exactly what they're trying to do now to Donald Trump. Here's some exciting news. Simply Safe is a company that's been around for many years. They've transformed into the fastest-growing home security company in the nation. Now they protect over 2 million people. Well, they just released their brand new home security system, the all-new Simply Safe. Now, this system has been completely rebuilt and redesigned. They've added new safeguards to protect against power outages, downed Wi-Fi, cut landlines, bats, hammers, and everything in between. The all-new Simply Safe was redesigned to be practically invisible, with powerful sensors so small you'll hardly notice them. You know who will notice them? Intruders. Simply Safe spent years building this system. They added a great deal, but you still get the same fair and honest price. 24-7 professional protection for only $15 a month. And with Simply Safe, there are no long-term contracts. This system is smaller, faster, stronger than anything they've built before. But supply is very limited. Go to simplysafemark.com right now to order your system. As a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, they told me, we're running out of these systems, so they're doing everything they can to produce as many as possible. That's simplysafemark.com 
to protect your home and family right now, today. SimplySafeMark.com. Remember, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, all times in between and around. My one-hour interview with Benjamin Netanyahu. And I understand the Times of Israel is very uncomfortable with this. I understand liberal columnists and liberal newspapers throughout the country of Israel are going to try and downplay this interview and downplay what takes place. But I'm hoping you, the American people, will watch this at 10 p.m. Sunday on the Fox News Channel. And, and that's Eastern Time, of course, and it plays in Israel at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I hope our Israeli friends watch it, too. Because it's obvious to me that the problem with the Israeli journalist is the same problem we have in this country with the American journalist. They're not journalists. They're hacks. They're hacks. All right. Let's see here. Let's take a call. All right. David, Los Angeles, California, 870, the answer. Go. Okay. Hey, Mark. I just... First time caller, first thing I wanted to tell you is I appreciate your intelligence. I never heard anybody as smart as you when it comes to knowing what's going on in uh, the Constitution, the White House, and the whole deal, or the, all of Washington. Uh, what I wanted to tell you was I heard you talking about the shooter thing earlier where the police were standing outside. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar or remember the shooting at Santa Monica College in California. Mm-hmm. Um, there was yes, an active shooter. The police departments uh, nationwide, I believe, offer, I think it's government-funded, I'm not sure on that, mm-hmm. but uh, they didn't stand around outside. They went right in and took this dude out. They walked right through the students and got this guy immediately and took him out. And they offer this program all across the United States. So, And I'm sure that department probably knew or had the opportunity, but probably chose not to do it. But the program is there. And it's nationwide. And, and by the way, for people who, who oddly come to the defense of this deputy sheriff, the sheriff himself, Scott Israel, said he saw what took place and he was absolutely disgusted. Yep. All right, David. Good call. I appreciate it. Janet, Union, Oregon on Sirius Satellite. How are you? I'm just fine. I just thought after listening to that recording at the Florida one, Right. I thought, you know, that makes everything my husband has told me and the kids write about 911 and everything else. 911 is for, oh, crap, you're not going to believe what just happened. My husband has trained cops for active shooters for quite a few years and has recently retired, and he just shook his head. He says, I cannot believe that that guy did that. He said, and I said, oh, yeah, I said, if it would have been one of my children in that school, I said, well, first off, you know, they would have been fighting back. I said, second off, I said, I would be after that cop and the FBI. Mm -hmm. Because my question is, why have we not heard anything more about this kid? He was a foster kid is the last I heard. Yes. And how did he get in the foster program? I don't know. Yeah, and that was something my husband mentioned, too. He says, you know, he says, with a name like that, he says, they're not checking all the boxes. All right. Thank you for your call. Harry, Los Angeles, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go. 
Yes, sir. At first, I want to tell you, I got all your books. I got CRTV. I got the Levin app. I watch your Thank show you. on Sunday night. Uh, oh, man, you. you're my idol. Thank you. But Thank you. I had a yes. good discussion with some guys at work that are um, a very good discussion. I have to disagree with the callers. So let me flip that last call on the gentleman that called before and say, what if it was your dad standing out there? I want to ask yeah. your people and your listeners, how many people were in that building shooting? Oh, one, 10, 15? He didn't know. Who gives him the orders? What tactical training does he have? What's Harry, the defined Harry, strategy Harry, for entering a building? Harry, Harry. You don't personalize these events. That's the first thing they tell the cops. It's the first thing they tell you in the military. That's what a president is not supposed to do when he makes decisions to defend this country. Let me ask you a question, Harry. You're standing outside the building with a weapon. Just you, Harry. You want to personalize it, let's personalize it. And you hear shots going on inside. Everything you said, how many people are there? What are they doing? What's the training? Is that what you're really going to be thinking about? Or every time a bullet leaves that gun, some kid's being shot, and I better go in there and do something. So you go in there, and there's five, six guys in there. You get shot in the head, and you're dead. Now you have okay, no... Let me, okay, okay, listen. If you're paid to be a deputy sheriff, you go in there and you take care of business. If, on the other hand, you're a volunteer safety officer and you're not trained to do anything, then maybe you stay outside and you're calling for help and all the rest of it. But I'm going to tell you, Harry, I know a lot of police officers, and I haven't met one yet. In fact, they come up to me and they want to talk about this, who said that they would wait outside to try and figure out what's going on inside. Not one. Didn't he, was he doing what he was told to do? Well, did you hear what the sheriff said about it? Well, the sheriff is an idiot and a politician. Okay, but the deputy sheriff's not an idiot. The sheriff's an idiot, but the deputy sheriff's not an idiot. How do you come to that conclusion? So everybody's saying the guy should have ran in the building to find the shooter. No, they're not saying you run into the building like your hair is on fire. You go into the building and you take the positions you need to take as you work your way through the building, looking through the doors, looking through the closets, walking through the aisle. You can hear the bullets when you're outside. Gee, is it the football field? Is it building 1300? Which building is it? I mean, you know, that's what neighbors do. But when you're a cop, yes. When you're a firefighter, you go in. That's what you do, Harry. No, but you start at the you start at the first floor, and the guy's on the third floor. Really, I mean, by the time you get there, and there's six. Harry, people. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, but this this it's 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 largely not rational. You don't know in advance if the guy's on the first floor, the second floor, the third floor. You don't know if there's more than one. They don't tell you. You're the police officer. You need to get in there and figure out <clears throat> what the hell's going on. All right, thanks for your call. There's a former fan, Mr. Producer. Daniel, Audubon, New Jersey, XM Satellite. Do you stand outside, Dan, and try and figure out what's going on inside when you smell smoke and see Ow. fire? Hey. Uh, yeah, go right ahead, yeah, Daniel. Hey. Sorry about that. I'm in a bingo hall right now. Let me go outside. Okay, here's a good one for you. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I love your show. Um, what What's crazy is is that sheriff's officer in Florida from listening to Jonathan Gillian, if I said his name right, uh, he resigned, and he's going to get a $75,000 a year pension. Pension, right. 
and he did nothing. Now, I was a city firefighter, and we encountered a um, Freon gas leak in a building. And um, as we were escaping, the maintenance man was left behind unknowingly. So I chose to go back in after this guy. And it cost me my career and my full pension. So it's kind of, I just wanted to get it So out you there. went in there to try and save the guy. Oh, I did. I, I saved him. I pulled him out. And it cost you everything. Yes, it cost me everything. It oh, that's my awesome. Career and, and, and a full uh, pension. That's awesome. Got 40, yeah, it is. So I, I've All been right, wanting Daniel. to call since that incident, but... Uh, Daniel, uh, get the hell back in the bingo place and win some money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, b- before I go, I wanted to apologize to you. And you're going to be like, why? Because a minute, years yeah. ago, yeah. I was... Uh, I was listening to you, and you were beating up on the union. I'm like, oh, man, I'm a firefighter. I'm in the union. Oh, right. what's this guy doing? But after listening to you even more and getting one of your books, yeah. now I understand. And I want to All right, brother. Daniel, thanks for your call. I've got a hard break. Hiring, every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way. So they build a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive, so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, you, my listeners, can try ZipRecruiter for free. Yes, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com, the smartest way to hire. We'll be right back. Much Lovin. Let's go to Nate Alderson, West Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. How are you feeling? I'm feeling better. I'm, you know, about 70%. I'm getting there, but thanks for asking. Oh, man, you had a tough road to hoe there for a while. Anyway, yes, um, I'm afraid you and I have created a monster, and it's my 10-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> she, we were just going to the grocery store, and uh, you were talking a lot about North Korea, and she wants, wanted to know more about it. So I was explaining it to her, and I got to the part where I was talking about how you know, Bill Clinton set North Korea up, for nuclear capabilities, and she kind of stopped me right there, and she goes, what in the world? You don't get somebody trying to kill you a gun. <laughs> That's a smart young... You know what I'm going to do, Nate? Hey. I'm going to I'm going to give you a one-hour... Uh, one-hour. A one-year subscription to CRTV, and I did a North Korea... And I've done several of them, but I did a North Korea special a few nights ago, and that way your wonderful young daughter can take a look at that, too. Okay? Fantastic. Mark, could you say hi to her? What is her name? First name? Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Yeah, hang on. Hi, Sophie. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, you're really good. Your dad's telling me how sharp you are. 
<laughs> well, I've only got 40 seconds. Okay. Tell me one. Well, I'm, I'm up to my social share project. I'm, I'm going to the county social share. I'm doing it on the electoral college. Wow. That's not an easy subject, is it? No. Well, you're going to do great. And the fact that you're doing it on that subject already tells me you're sharp. You know what? You hang in there, because one day I need you to run for the Senate against this guy Manchin if he's still in there, okay? <laughs> okay. And, you, and you're smarter than him. Trust me on this. Don't hang up, Sophie. We want to give you a, a one-year free subscription to CRTV. And ladies and gentlemen, for Sophie, for Father Nate, and all of you...
horses, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Don't forget, this Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, Fox News Channel, my guest, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, for the full hour. Get the terrorists. Get them all. And I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you on Fox on Sunday. God bless.